Spirit Switchboard, airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 New Orleans. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spirit Switchboard. I am your host, Carrie Lynn Shellhorn, and you are joining us live on the United Public Radio Network and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network 105.3 and 107.7. Today, we are welcoming back Grant Evans, and you may have seen Grant on Haunted Hospitals. He is a paramedic that's been involved with the Ontario Paranormal Society since 2018 and is currently the co-director for the team. So thank you for joining us again thank you for having me it's a pleasure yeah i'm i uh, it's so fun i it's fun connecting with somebody who uh thinks similar uh enjoys talking about paranormal things and i had this list and i knew that i wanted uh you to come back on and go through this list with me of paranormal things not just yeah just to have a discussion is it paranormal how can we make it explainable and when is it what the heck because i don't know if you get a lot of people that send you evidence of things that they've caught and you end up in this you know position of having to very gently go mm, yeah <laughs> it may not yeah, actually be paranormal and it's 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 kind of a hard place to be in yeah it can be usually as an investigator, we ask people to provide us with evidence, anything they've captured to corroborate their story. So um, there's a lot of times we'll get things that people uh, claim they're seeing and then we see them, we're like, I don't really know what you're seeing here because I absolutely do not see anything. Like I had one of the strangest ones of many was uh, someone claimed that they could see faces and hands appearing from underneath their skin and the pictures they sent was just the person's back there was nothing protruding or pushing through so yeah um, that kind of or going along with perhaps maybe a fuller assessment of that person in their medical background might tell you something about what's going on with that person as opposed to something paranormal right so yeah um, and that that's that's part of it and and you know maybe people don't realize that either there's you know the time of day had you been awake for 48 hours what you know are you do you take medication for anything and it's it's not to be intrusive it's to make sure that you have the whole story in order to get it and that some of those experiences need to be repeated more than once so that you can try to have some sort of plausible explanation you know most, for yeah, it. most definitely yeah yeah oh yeah so um you survived October. I want to talk about just because we're at the beginning of November. I always say I, I, I November 1st, I'm like, I survived October. <laughs> you survived October. October is such a crazy month. But I think for me, it really goes from October to like the second week of January because people, um, 
you know, may not realize like the haunted stories continue through Christmas. Like Christmas has a lot of haunted story, ghost stories attached to it as well, too. So I find we move right from October into like the energy of Christmas. It stays that thinning of the veil stays for me until like after the new year. But how did you fare through That's October? So we were really busy. We had, uh, we ran charitable tours for local museums every week on the entire month. So we were incredibly busy on top of trying to stay up to our clients and uh, keep up with them and making connections that way and taking new clients too. So right. um, we, love, we love October. It's fun, but it's the busiest month of the year for us. So a little bit afterwards, we can take a breath and catch up and it, it feels nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, that energy doesn't necessarily fade. It's, mm -mm. Um, but I would say the general public maybe is less interested. Um, you get those, a lot of people are fans, right? They, they love everything yeah. spooky. And Halloween's spooky month, right? Everyone wants everything spooky. And as soon as that's over, there's a little bit of interest waning, I find. But it doesn't mean our yeah. cases go down. It just we're not nope. getting as many requests, but we're still getting them. So no, I can guess I, Julie. Yeah. We also have Donna and Catherine saying hello as well, too. Donna is saying hello from Delaware. That's awesome. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Um, I think that that spooky for sure, people are wanting the spooky and they don't necessarily realize that, um, you know, investigations aren't always spooky from start to finish. That's, you know, their expectations and what the reality are, are two separate things. For sure. <laughs> yeah. The tel television really condenses your expectations from like a weekend perhaps into like an hour or less yeah so um we always joke as investigators we say a lot of times we're just spending time hanging out talking to ourselves in the dark yeah um, <laughs> so yeah. We, we don't always have things flying off shelves and all those wild things happening but mm -hmm. um from my experience we usually find those wild things after um, in the evidence review like I can't believe we missed all those things like we have all these audio captures and and whatnot so but I think yeah, that it's fantastic sorry let's go ahead it's okay. oh I was just gonna say Catherine uh Catherine Johnson saying hello from Ireland Hi, so uh, thanks for joining I, I found that you know when I I had um a community programming uh, television show with uh, with Rogers, and that's what I found too. Like an hour and a half uh, session was whittled down to a twelve minute uh, clip, so you're seeing twelve minutes out of like an hour and a half. So even like in investigations, that's what that's what ends up happening. What they're doing on TV could be days worth, but it's it's taken down. So it appears like there's a lot happening, but and I think that's why, you know, everyone laughs at me, but I always focus on the snacks. What are we bringing for snacks? Because we're, we're going to need the snacks. I'm, like, I'm the snack queen when it comes to investigations because I know we're going to need it. And I know that sometimes it's out of boredom because you're just kind of 
setting things up and then you're you're waiting you're just yeah, yeah. And the coffee coffee's a big thing for our team we love to have coffee runs to keep us up all night and and yeah. it's funny too like you're saying like just setting up stuff we find too when we're not even paying attention we'll capture a lot of evidence like when you're just having that casual conversation with like a, yeah. one of your colleagues and all of a sudden in an audio recording, you hear someone else talking, you're like, where'd that come from? Right. Um, it's, yeah. it's not always like, you must jump when I tell you to jump or you must answer my questions right away. It, no. it, it's the spontaneous answers a lot of the time too, which is very fun. Yeah. And it's fun and you don't recognize it and you don't hear it until you're doing the reviews and you don't like, I always wonder, is it because you are in those non-thinking moments? So the people, the people in spirit are participating or they have, is it residual? Is it intelligence where they're having their own conversation? Like there's so many ways uh, for that to unfold, right? For sure. Hi, Sandra. Thank you for joining us. And the more you go to places too, I think they warm up to you. Yeah, so, I'd like, have to agree with that for sure. Like, that they bring that, uh, When we do our one night, our uh, tour we do uh, every Halloween for the Homer Watson Gallery in Kitchener, uh, the first few times we found we weren't getting a lot of activity and then the more and more we went, the more activity we we're getting. It's almost like the spirits recognized us, which was a really cool thing and, and uh, a theory that I would like to try in multiple locations, I hope, if the opportunity arises to see if, if that is an actual thing. Uh, just like... Well, it's I, I, I feel they kind of check things out, just like kids in the playground, right? Is this... Um somebody that I'd want to play with on the playground? Is it somebody I want to ignore? And, and I feel they can pick up on our energies as much as we're picking up on them. So are they wanting to engage or, or choose not to? And, and I think when uh, they check us out and see if, if it's a jive or not, you get more or less, depending on if they're wanting to do that engagement. For sure, yeah. It's, it's something that I think holds merit and and obviously in the field of paranormal research we want to be able to research uh theories and come up with new ideas and i think that's something that a lot of teams could benefit from um looking into as an example like if you were to say like the big infamous locations like penn state and um, a lot of the asylums that are paranormal mm -hmm. hotspots, like how many teams have gone in there and investigated is the activity continuing because they've kind of broken through that plane or is, is this just always there? Like, is there something more to what's going on other than just people running in and being scared? Right. Right. And what their intentions are and do they want to, like, do they yeah. want to be engaging all the, all the time too? I have brought home uh, haunted dolls, these apparent haunted dolls. And, um, but then nothing's happened. And, and I mean, I had watched videos before I had brought them home and stuff. So then 
like I, I talked to them. So I'll say, good morning, girls. And I'll leave the office and say, good night, girls. And like my granddaughter comes in and she waves at them. She says, good morning. And she, you know, but I don't poke at them. Like I've not really put equipment up. I've not pushed them. So, you know, I, I think about that too. Do they not want to be the entertainment monkeys for people? Do they... So they just, they're, if there is spirits there, they're just hanging out and they're content to be left alone. Um, you know, there's that too, you know, if you've been yeah. the entertainment monkey for a long time and sometimes it's the energies that are attached. Like I know um, things may feel uh, frenetic or, aggressive but it's not necessarily that spirit's intention it's because they've been trying in subtle ways to get somebody's attention because they're wanting help or support so they have to get that attention in a bigger way and not necessarily that they're mm -hmm. aggressive like there's just there's so many different ways of looking at all of it and we need to be open-minded for that yeah definitely i've also read that perhaps the items themselves aren't necessarily haunted it's just a spirit that uses that item to communicate mm -hmm. to you through so yeah there, there's I'd lots of theories that. on that like right yeah um if you think take like annabelle one of the most infamous haunted dolls ever right um is it that demonic force that the warren suggested was is it actually possessing the doll or was it using the doll to gain favor in the case so that they would give it permission to reside with them and interact with them? Um, well, and then yeah. you have so. everyone collectively putting that energy into it. So creating that into something itself as well too. Yeah, right? you, so we're all manifesting you're, you're it. it. Yeah. You're, so, and then the, the so then the consideration is that dangerous we're, we're creating these battery opportunities we're, we're plugging these items into the charger of museums and haunted artifacts and we're hyping it up and we're we're creating an infamous story does that create the haunting does that create that object to become so infamous it becomes haunted where it might not have been before at all so interesting. that interests me a lot. So. Me too. And that's actually when I was making this list for today, when I was wanting to talk about paranormal, explainable or what the heck, one of the things I wrote down um, as a possibility for why things happen was was that power of suggestion, right? The power of suggestion. And if you're planting people at night in a dark space, you're heightened already. And if you've planted the seed to the story, they're naturally going to seek those experiences or feel like that's happening. So, you know, I don't know. Thoughts? What are your thoughts? Yeah, my, my thoughts are, uh, there's something called bias, right? Everyone has biases, like subconscious bias or intentional biases. Like I might not like, like spicy food or I might not like garlic. Well, I'm automatically going to say any food that has garlic and it's terrible, right? That's a bias or terrible example of a bias right um and a lot of people in the paranormal field we have something called confirmation bias we always want to confirm our biases because that's what we believe so if i believe 
this location or this item is haunted, I'm going to find ways through pareidolia or I'm going to add up things that might be completely circumstantial or spontaneous and say, yes, that's because of this and connect the dots when there might not be a roadmap there at all. Um, that's your confirmation bias. So when you, you're even looking at investigations and evidence, you have to remove yourself from that. Like, I believe this exists. I know it exists based on my experience or whatnot. I have to completely remove that and say, every time I'm looking at it from a blank slate, otherwise you're going to not be neutral. You're not going to give that person that yeah. fair evaluation. Right. So I, I always preach that to people too. Like, and, and that goes even to like how you're brought up as a child, like your biases religiously, like if you grew up in a certain mm -hmm. form of religion, um, anytime you experience something, you may automatically assume that that's a supernatural thing because that's how you grew up. And that's your, your biases. Um, but like I said, through pareidolia, we look for things to confirm our bias. We like to try and make things happen and try to make that puzzle fit our own personal beliefs that may not actually be there in the first place. Well, our, our, our brain looks for those familiar patterns, right? That's it's looking for things that feel familiar, like faces in mirrors and trees and clouds and windows that yeah. happens a lot. The pictures of windows happen. I get sent a lot of yeah. pictures of windows with faces in them. But it's yeah, not necessarily I remember a like like as a child you'd sit sit outside in the summer stare at the clouds and this cloud looks like this this cloud looks like this well is that cloud really a unicorn well no we're, we're putting meaning to things because they have similar shapes and stuff yeah and, and, and it's... it triggers that memory so when could when could looking like scrying so scrying you're looking in a mirror for um images to come up so there's a difference between what you're seeing in your mind's eye and then what you're actually seeing in in the mirror so are there times like i haven't seen a picture yet where i said that where i would feel something is paranormal in a mirror or a window i just haven't but i know that i've had experiences scrying um like in a, a psychomantium room so it was mirrors mm -hmm. on all sides so i definitely had some experiences happening there but orbs were happening at the same time too like it was just there was a lot of stuff happening but other than that i have not seen anything so have you when is it really uh, like have... how would you tell if it's paranormal um uh, in a mirror it's hard because we we live in a day and age where photos can be edited quite easily. Uh, so um, I have I'm a Polaroid girl. <laughs> yeah. I have okay. Polaroid. I take Polaroid camera one. with me. You can't. You can't. No, I've got a couple uh, of really neat shadow figure ones and some orbs awesome. in the Polaroids. Like, yeah, it's a gross amount of money on film. <laughs> oh, yeah. but, so say you pay for it in film but um yeah it's worth it yeah we've Sorry had a few as a as a team that's okay we've had a few as a team where uh we had one we we're in the the basement of a downtown in a small town where the downtown corridor 
The basement went across all the shops downtown. And there's multiple buildings in southern Ontario. And um, our team was down there, and, and they're just cleaning up, I believe, and they're taking some pictures with a handheld camera. And they actually caught uh, what looked like a person in the mirror when no one was there. And it, it was, I believe it was like a man with like a beard. And like mm. no one on our team has a full beard. And so there's there's no way to explain. And and obviously you're snapping things you might not be paying attention and on review you look back you're like wait a minute there's something there oh my gosh and it just gives you that extra creep but yeah um, and i've also had i had one client a few years ago that was she said when she was taking pictures outside of her house um before they even bought the house it was a really really old house um and uh the upstairs window actually had a person look like a suit jacket and wearing like a gas mask it was really really weird really strange like didn't it was so as well as what the heck moments right like this doesn't fit like yeah and the house was completely empty so like unless someone broke in and was trying to play a prank on them when they're trying to buy the house to scare them off from buying the house it just doesn't make sense why that would be there and it wasn't edited or anything so i don't have an explanation to why that right. happened in that photo but so that lands I in the what the heck though because you can't 100 percent say it's paranormal when you don't have all the others like information behind it right for but sure it lands- and it's good it's always good to when you get those window pictures or mirrors you, you're trying to reproduce it and the key is mm-hmm. reproduce right So you're looking at, okay, where's the angle of this picture taken? Was it cloudy outside? Was it clear skies? There's so many things. Was it daytime? Was it nighttime? What could have been reflecting in that mirror? Was it just someone driving by in their car? The reflection was the passenger as they drove by? Yeah. Or if it's cold and their breath coming out, you know? like Yeah, that too. There's just lots to, to consider. Um, I just had a, I just had a memory too. Um, I had a, a woman take, she, uh, set up the room all black. So the curtains, uh, the window was covered, uh, lights are off and she got me to stand holding a shadow box. Um, so I don't, I, I think the glass was still in it. It was an empty shadow box that you could put stuff in but it was it was empty and then she snapped pictures directly at me but she had said to think of the people that we wanted to show up in it and so I was thinking of uh I was thinking Archangel Michael I was thinking about uh babies uh and then I was thinking about my great-grandfather and I I never even thought about setting that picture up to show people today but I'll send it to you later for you to look at there's a picture sure. of uh, of a man that looks exactly like my great-grandfather. When you put a picture of my great-grandfather and the image that showed up in this picture that she took, he you can see the big, almost like handlebar mustache. You can see the shape of a face. You can see like the glasses. It looks exactly side by side when I was in this dark room. So, I mean, is it was it my thoughts? Was it really him showing up? Is it? paradelia like it it lands in the what the heck but it's super interesting because that it when you see the picture and the picture that i have of him is a newspaper article picture so that's the image that showed up on the on the picture that she took which is kind of crazy 
That's it was wild. Crazy. Did she use like a, a special type of camera or anything? Do you, nope, you just or? like those. I think, and this was 10 years ago. So it was just like a regular digital camera, nothing extra special about it at all. No wow. night vision, anything, no, <laughs> no extra lens. It was just, she's like, let's try. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and we closed up the room and I stood with the shadow box and she took a couple of pictures and said, think about who you want to show up. And that's who I thought of because I, he died long before I was born. So I don't really have any, I, the only interactions I have with him are through spirit. Anyway, I'll send you the picture after wow. I'll remember. I'll, maybe I'll post it on my <laughs> social media too. So people can see it. Um, okay. What was that? What else was that? Okay. Let's talk about orbs. Let's, let's move right to orbs. Let's talk about orbs. Paranormal, the dreaded, orbs. the dreaded orbs, but there's lots to learn. That's kind of how I look at all of it. I feel like a little baby every day, like a little kid that's still learning. Doesn't matter how long I'm doing any of this. Like there's so much to learn. I, and I feel like I don't know anything. I mean, I know some stuff, but I, there's always something new to learn. And that's kind of how I approach all of it. Even with the orbs, like there's For lots sure to there, still learn. There's so much, when you go down into spirituality, it's a rabbit hole, right? I tell everyone it's a rabbit mm -hmm. hole. As soon as you find something interesting, like, okay, yeah. well, what else? What else? And then you, you just keep digging and there's no bottom. You just keep going. You, yeah. you can't dig, dig and find the bottom. There, there's no, like, the endless pursuit. Um, yeah. But and it's arrogant to think these... that you know everything. To 100%. Me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. With, and as as we progress doing research and, and investigation, we're looking at you. Ha you have to also almost become an expert with the equipment. I would suggest like it, it's one thing to take a yeah. picture and then you capture an orb. But do you understand why the orb is there? Like, is there something within the device you're using? where that's a natural phenomenon or automatically we have that bias that it's a spirit, right? We're talking about biases again. Yeah. No. We want to, we want to believe, right? We want to believe there's spirits there. <laughs> well, and I talk to dead people are... for a living <laughs> and I'm like, nope, it's gotta be something else first. And then I will say that it is. I'm so left brain yeah. for doing what I do. Like, anyway that's, that's good and that, that's an approach i love i love for people to have but 90 percent of that population we get constant pictures of people saying there's orbs there's orbs there's orbs it's got to be a ghost but there's a lot of explanations why that orb is there and it's not it's very randomly very randomly that's not even the right word sorry brain fart um that's okay it's very it's very seldom that that orb is actually a spirit. So um, we're lucky enough that we do get sent these things. And if you wanted to queue up um, when we can kind of talk about it, we do have a few examples. So this is uh, what I'd say is a rod. And this is a photography phenomenon or camera phenomenon that a lot of people say, this has to be a spirit. Um, this was a client uh, sent these 
kind of wondering our explanation as a team saying, what is this? My cameras capture this. Um, if you look at that, you say, okay, well, there, there's a linear pattern. There's round spots along it. Um, what could that be? Could that be a ghost trying to rip through a portal, entering your garage to come and live at your house? Maybe, very unlikely. Um, but when you're looking at this, <laughs> um, this is a very natural phenomenon. And you have to consider one, the, the equipment's being captured on. So there's a thing called like frames per second or like a latency. Uh, all of our cameras emit a light source, especially our security home cameras. And then it takes time for that reflection to go back to the device to be captured. And if there's a slow frame rate or shutter speed or delay in that signal, you end up with these things that look like blurs or a connected line. Um, this is actually a great example of a bug. And what it's yeah. doing is when you're seeing these <laughs> yeah. round spots, you're actually, that's the bug flapping its wings. And the line is the movement pattern and those round spots is the bug flapping. And there's that, that uh, slow frame rate that's actually blending all of those moments in time together into one capture. Not a ghost. And not a ghost. So uh, this one is, is the exact same spot, but now you're looking at it, it looks completely different. Well, is, is this one a ghost? No, it's not a no. ghost, sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, same, same kind of thing. So here's, I, I did find this online and I'm sorry, I didn't get the link, but uh, we can always post the link later. But this is a great explanation I found online that I've used many times to help educate people. These are the explanation why you get this particular type of phenomenon. And it's it's a moving bug moving across the camera, the slow frame rate. It's slower than the beating wings. They're moving really, really quick. And if you were able to slow it down, you'd get that kind of pattern where it almost looks like a bird instead of a blended line. But on playback, sorry, playback, they're all blended at the very bottom where it shows you. That's a great explanation. Like visual, because not everyone, like some people need the visual in order to see and, and compare to what they've they've had, right? So you have, sure you do. we have those two other um, pictures as well, right? The, oh, ha hi, Howie. Howie's saying Grant, hi, Howie. yes, yeah. Thank you for bringing examples to the floor. So we'll just call up if we could, Laura Lee, the, the two photos, exactly those ones. So I'm not, this was, uh, I am on a few uh, great uh, paranormal haunted Facebook groups. If, if you're a fan, there's tons of them out there. Um, an individual had posted uh, this photo asking for their people's thoughts on it. And I'm not a photographer. I didn't go to school for photography, so I can only relay uh, what I've learned and, and what I've been taught or educated from other people. And, and what you see here is a green orb. Um, from the photographer's standpoint, what I understand is a 
Korean orb is is always a solar flare. Um, it's the light or a flare, a light flare coming from a source, and that's coming towards your camera based on how you're angled with your camera itself. Um, and then that becomes that green colored orb, and that orb would change position in that situation. This one was one right after, but this orb looks different. This kind of looks like a disco ball, right? Yeah. That's kind odd. Of. Or the death or the Death Star, if you like Star it Wars. It does like look Wars. like the Death Star. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Uh this one was explained as uh cell phones. When cell phones take cam take pictures, uh their grid like structure, the, the light that's emitted is is created in a grid pattern. And when that comes back, it creates these orbs that are very patterned like this. So this isn't this is another example of a solar flare, but perhaps from a cell phone versus another type of camera. So you get to see that clearly, that grid-like pattern. Yeah. Fascinating, and right? So It's super fascinating. And moisture and dust have similar, like, I know someone uh, who uh, kept sending me these out, outdoor pictures um, from their security uh, cameras. But it, it, like it's it's just moisture. There was hundreds and hundreds of these circles, these these orbs, and it it didn't matter how I tried to frame the conversation. They they just wanted to stick with. It. And I'm like, how many dead folks do you think are hanging out your of your place? Because like it's hundreds. Oh yeah, yeah. But that's really um, where they I wanted had, to stay. I had a funny story like that too. I had us. Uh, Years ago, I was in the pursuit of trying to get a few clergy folk uh, to help me with clients. And it's very hard to do. It's mm -hmm. very hard to get support from organized religious leaders. But uh, they're very happy to share their experiences with us, uh, yeah. me and my partner <laughs> at the time. And he was showing me film after like picture after picture of a missions trip that they had been on in Africa, I believe. And he's like, oh, my God, look at all these spirits are everywhere. Like, we could just feel the energy. This, like, everyone was was haunted or afflicted. And, and like, the orbs, look, the, the evidence is in the orbs. And me and my partner were just looking at them. And we're like, well, this, this building is a dirt floor. And yeah. you have many people crowded, very excited to be there. Um, dancing, moving around the aisles, you're kicking up tons of dirt. That's not spirits. That's dirt and dust. You're like same thing. You're you're not getting thousands of spirits in a tent, like um, the most obvious and the easiest explanation for that is dust, and that's the dust orbs. Um, another quick thing I wanted to touch on is uh, when you have like a DS DSLR camera, like a more of a professional camera. The difference the, the solar flares from then is it's kind of curved or rounded um, as opposed to like an orb. And it's, it's the same phenomenon, just the lens, the shape of the lens is different. So that's why you're getting the different light anomalies in those devices. So if you're to kind of compare, and, and that goes to, if you're using these pieces of equipment, the more you know about that piece of equipment, that, that expertise will show through the evidence you cap sure we love having on our team like someone who's 
a photographer because they can point out these things immediately and we're yeah. not like having to chase down experts later um so um if you do have a team or you're part of a team educate yourself if you're very passionate about a certain part of evidence capture um or very very uh, very much look into each piece of equipment you're using to understand it to the best abilities. Read those manuals as boring as they are. Um, so when you capture evidence, you can actually say it's true or not, right? Based on those parameters. Yeah. And I found with my Polaroid, like when I'm taking the Polaroid, there's a certain light anomaly that happens uh, with uh, fluorescent tubing lighting that happens. Uh, every time I use it. So, I mean, I know to not count that as anything because it just seems to happen every time I'm in a space that has those tube tube lightings. Kathy's just asking, what about orbs seen with the naked eye? So orbs seen with the naked eye, um, I, I've never seen one personally myself. Actually, I would say no. I've never seen one with my eye. What I have seen is a static energy discharging in a space by itself, which it appears to be an orb, but it's like a flash, a really quick flash in a, in a charged space. What about you, Carrie? Have you seen any orbs so with your... <laughs> I, I, I have. I have. Um, though I can't... I wanted... I, I'm... I'm not wanting to 100% for sure say that it was normal, but it was a retreat. We were in an A-frame space, so it's very lofted, like when you're going up to the to the top loft. Um, and uh, a, a ball of light flew right in, in front of me. So I can't say that it wasn't something from the side that was kicked up from other people in a different place of the house. I don't, I don't really know what it was, but there was something that was weird for sure. But usually like you, I guess too, you'd have to be paying attention to the time of day and when it is. And if you're like, if you were looking at a light and turn away, you're going to see flickers of, of colors and light in front of you. So there's things that uh, are tricking your eyes too, right? True, yeah. Or, uh, oh, if you're saying... in a dusty room and that... Exactly, in a dusty room. So... If, if yeah, you're in a dusty room and you see that light shining through a skylight and that yep. perfect beam of light just right through and dust flies through, now you're seeing orbs. Um, yeah. doesn't mean that people can't see orbs or that hasn't that's not true because it's, it's it's something that has been reported people see and it's hard to validate right exactly hard to validate and um tiny orb floated along the ceiling in a darkened room that's very fascinating that's it's definitely interesting i don't uh, you can speculate, but unless you're in that space when it happened with some devices to test that, it would only be speculation from my point of view. Exactly. Exactly. I don't, could we... Lorelei, could we load the... Uh, you were calling it the advent. So it's the, the video with the chandelier light. Thank you, Howie. Thanks, Howie's Howie. saying, yeah, he, Howie's saying, Grant, you're the first 
person I've seen on a podcast bringing charts and examples. Now that's professional. Thanks. It's uh, it's hard when you're trying to um, broadcast over multiple formats, I guess. If, if someone's listening in, they're not going to see these pictures and charts. But if they see the video, then it's going to be fantastic for them, I hope. I love teaching people about this stuff. It's it's a passion as well as helping people in that because it brings some kind of it, it removes a lot of that fear that people assume is automatic, right? If they if they know yeah. more than these these things are explainable, then they're no longer terrifying, and it and it helps that person move past it. So, and that. it helps us get evidence. Um to support one another too, right? When we're, when we are researching to have evidence that's, that has, um, you know, directs us in a better way. We can filter things out faster if we're educated. Definitely. So the video that we're going to put up, um, there's actually two, yeah, there's two videos. Uh, it's a video that I took that I find interesting, but I can't explain necessarily what it is. So not necessarily saying that it's, um, so (laughs) there's my puppers. So the rooms have all changed around, but that's my bedroom was my bedroom. So we're talking about the light, the chandelier light that's hanging. So if you watch this video, this is me standing. So the ceilings are really tall because we're in an older house. I'm five foot two ish. (laughs) I used to think I was five, three, but I don't think I'm five, three anymore. So that's me showing how much you have to turn this light um, in order to make the light turn off and on. And I didn't have a remote because uh, Nora, who's my puppy, uh, ate it. She chewed it. So there's no remote. So you literally have to stand up and twist those lights (laughs) off and on to make them go. So I was reading my Kindle. It was about midnight. And then I noticed um, if Lorelei, if you could put the video where it's dark. Yes, this one. So you can see in the middle of the screen, it's starting to light up. It's just this light in this dark space. So it was just before midnight and I was reading my Kindle and then uh, this happened. And then it just goes off. It, it starts off, it's bright. It's, it's slowly turned on and then it's slowly shut off. It's crazy. It's uh, it's one of those things where it's, it's a twist to make the connection between, I assume there's a battery in there probably. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, the thing. So nobody upstairs stomping on the floor, walking around where it would have been knocked. It was like close to midnight. Um, there's no window open. There is, you know, there was definitely no hanky panky going on in the bed where somebody's jumping around like Tarzan. <laughs> there was like nothing going on. So like, it was just super weird, but I find too, it was like right before Christmas, like clearly. Right. Cause I had the, the little, you know, garlandy thing on it, but 
it wasn't something that I could make happen again. It's not something that happened a second time. Now, it, I, I know I'm going to tilt this up so everybody can kind of see that light has moved into my office. So it's right above my head here. And I mean, it has happened a few times when I've done some work, uh, like when I'm doing work in here, um, where it's it's twisted sort of off and on, but not in the same way that it did that, that night. And for me, I, I was like, you know, I know I got clients tomorrow. You're a day early. You're not allowed to bug me in the middle of the night. So you'll just have to chill till tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, just don't do it anymore if it's really something, right? But yeah, there's, there's, uh, it's good. There, there's a investigative technique that's kind of interesting. I wouldn't say you could put a lot of weight into it, but it's if you've ever seen it, where you take those twist flashlights, where you have to twist them to turn them on. Mm -hmm. um or they like mag lights i think the smaller mag lights if you're familiar with that brand you twist the top of it to, to turn it on or off um and there was there's some kind of paranormal techniques that were early you'd ask yes or no questions and you turn it just to the point where it's almost on but not and then you'd set it down somewhere and be like okay spirits bridge that gap bridge that electrical gap like it's not much almost there all you have to do is come in in the yeah. theory that spirits are made of energy or electricity it would make sense that that could happen right so perhaps in your situation it's a twist where the battery's there maybe you could say that's one suggestion that a spirit was playing with it but mm -hmm. then why that one not all of them was that yeah. one twisted closer than the other ones or, or did that one have a newer battery and the other one's had a yeah. weaker connection it's hard to say right but no, it's definitely but those are yeah. all the right questions to ask so then electrical yeah. things so um lights flickering off and on i know that spirits can do that so how how and i have a son who's an electrician so you know making oh, sure go. that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes when is it needing to call an electrician when is it something I've had uh, one video sent to me and it was very interesting because they were definitely asking, you know, for those yes, no sort of responses with the dining room light that was flicking and it seemed to be responding um, intelligently to those yes, no questions with the, the dining room light. So definitely I've seen that they can do that. Um, but how do you, how do you make sure? How do you tell the difference between paranormal, explainable, explainable would be your electrician son, or when it's what yeah, the heck, you, like my light above my bed? So you, you, become <laughs> an, you become an inspector. You become a home inspector yeah. too. Exactly. So you're, um, investigating, you're trying to rule out everything that makes sense. And when it doesn't make sense, if you've exhausted, then it becomes paranormal because paranormal is just, it's, beyond normal doesn't mean it's yeah. a demon or a ghost no it, it just means i don't have an explanation for you um and then we we love and and based on our interactions we suggest it's a spirit um from my point of view i don't have a psychic ability so i can't see beyond what i can test i can i can feel things in the environment and sense things but i can't communicate like like you can um in, in your experiences. So in, in that situation, we'd look at like the light bulbs, the light switches, how old is the house? What kind of wiring does it have perhaps? Um, do you have 
a mouse infestation that's chewing on your wires uh, through our audio devices. Oh, I forget hear about that. Mice, right? We might hear mice oh. in the walls, uh, which is very uh, terrifying to hear from an investigator point of view because rodents are gross, but yeah. um, some people like them. I think they're gross. Don't eat my house. So <laughs> we had we had one case up north where uh, your equipment does pay for itself sometimes if you, if you invest into good audio stuff. And we could actually hear mice running in the walls and we went back to the client we're like uh that scratching in your walls is actually mice you need an exterminator to come in and deal with that and she's like no 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 that's why i have cats I'm like okay well the scratching is just gonna keep happening <laughs> enjoy your uh all your other problems you're gonna have so uh yeah and, and we we've had things like that too where um, I've seen in apartments, um, or also look at your breakers too. Does, does do you need to change some fuses in your breaker in your house, perhaps, or or, or is there issues like that? Um, but when they respond to you when you're asking questions, it, it's the the what the heck moment. Like maybe this isn't just a malfunction. Maybe this is the spirit and um, corroborates that client's story. So we're we're always trying to test. I tell people, and it seems, it can seem strange for some people to even consider that, but when I test, I always like to test for intelligence. That's my bar I'm always going for. With? So, with investigating it as a mm. whole, um, you're looking for intelligent responses. I'm not yeah. saying, hey, come turn this light on. I'm saying, hey, there's this, this equipment, interact with it as you will. And if you choose to answer my questions, go for it. Like they're not barking dogs, right? Like you said, where they're gonna do things every time you ask them. Yeah. Um, but if there is an intelligence there, you're gonna get intelligent responses, and that can give you an idea of what's going on, and you can categorize what that haunting, if it is a haunting, where it falls. Um, if you believe in the wild world of supernatural, like I do, so. And hopefully a lot of the listeners do so yeah and and i think people may hear the word haunting and then see it from a different point of view as well too right if they're thinking that it's dad that's coming in and and they're not going to want to use the word haunting either like it's just uh dad in yeah. spirit popping in and saying hello right or supporting you if you had a bad day because all of that plays a factor too uh, what i've also found too is asking those questions if the person that's in the home has had traumas and uh is maybe extra sensitive as well too because um that psychokinesis can happen right where it's actually stuff that's happening in a space is actually happening from that person. So really, you know, not wanting to, to sound judgmental or intrusive, but asking some of those intimate questions to really understand what's happening in the space and with that person and what they're bringing right. to the table. You just dug into my like second favorite topic. Yeah. I love this topic too. Like a yeah. lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's not always demons. It is not always demons. No. It, like, yeah. you know, and for, people for don't want to take accountability. No. People don't want to take accountability for their yeah. role and how some things play out, right? 
Yeah, for a lot of a lot of people that might not have heard that before, it's called parapsychology. It's one of the fundamentals, um, and it's a lot of that centers around poltergeist activity, um, and they call it RSPK, reoccurrent spontaneous psychokinesis. So it's reoccurrent; it happens frequently. It's spontaneous because they're not controlling it. They are controlling it, but they're not aware of it, and they're actually manipulating things with their mind. So uh, RSPK. It's a great term, and, and that's, you, you look at a lot of major hauntings, infamous ones that are centered around, like, adolescent kids or mm -hmm. uh, near-death experiences is the other big one, and, and the whole idea of uh, perhaps hormonal changes within the body is you're activating yeah. more of your brain, and through that, your brain is spontaneously interacting with your environment without you being aware um, there was a fantastic book by, I believe it was Michael Clarkson, a Canadian author who did like, I believe he did true crime, but he did a brief two or three book stint on, on uh, parapsychology and the poltergeist phenomenon was one of his books he wrote about. And uh, they actually studied people at several universities trying to reenact and get these things to happen on demand. Super fascinating if people love to read. Uh, mm -hmm. But they found two of the biggest factors are the, those near-death experiences or out-of-body experiences when you die and you can see everything going on around you. You revived and then you tell that story and it blows people away, right? Um, but their brain is more active now because they have passed away. Now they've been revived. So their brain can do more than the average person. And that's why those things theoretically can happen around those people. Give it a read if you can. It's, you'll learn a lot. I think, um, yeah, there. I know someone who uh, like has broke dishes. Like dishes have have broken those high emotional, high intense moments for them. So you know that was my learning curve with, mm -hmm. you know, because they they thought for sure that there was a poltergeist in their space, but. And I'm like, you need some Tai Chi and therapy. <laughs> you need some some Zen, and we're gonna yeah. calm the energy in the space, and and let's see if you know, like, let's just. Um, and I and I, I think just be open minded. I'm not. I'm open minded that there could have been a spirit in the space throwing her dishes around for sure. But you know, I definitely yeah. that's that's there's, not what. There's other explanations. Yeah, another great example or another case, uh, I believe it's called The Haunting on Lindley Street, Lindley Street in the United States. And there was, um, it's one of the best documented paranormal cases I've ever read about. And a lot of people don't even know about it, but in its prime, there was actually, I believe, up to 40,000 people outside of this house just standing around like a mob waiting for activity to happen because it was so famous and wow uh, i'm surprised that hasn't become a movie to be honest but uh there's all these investigations that went on and the first half of this this book explains all the haunting all these activity that was documented by like police officers firefighters like professionals were going on the record writing about what they were seeing in this home um and then a parapsychology team came in and did their own research and they mapped out like 
this happened 10 meters from this person at this time like they got down to like the measurements and everything and what they found was when the daughter was in the same space as the mother it was the adopted mom that heightened emotion state between the two of them actually caused poltergeist activity in the mm. home in substantial where like lazy boy recliner chairs were lifting up and dumping people out of them awesome case really really cool and like that goes to that that they felt was that psychokinesis connection it wasn't a demon like we would automatically assume being a spiritualist or yeah or someone that just likes horror genre right you're gonna jump towards that because it's terrifying and people love to be scared truthfully a lot of people love to be scared unless it's in your own home so i guess it's that dopamine rush right it's like that that adrenaline rush uh joyce is here um hi joyce i took a picture of my granddaughter on my phone later i made a digital copy there was a bright orb beside her head in the copy that was not there in the original that's interesting so the skeptic side in me is, is saying okay if it wasn't in the original uh, it could have been in the development process that that showed up. Maybe a problem with the ink if it was. Uh, oh, no, sorry. You said you made a digital copy. So did you just copy it from the device and then create another copy of the same file within your computer? Or was this like a printed copy? If you're still there, Joyce, I'd love to hear more. But. Yeah, because if it was a printed physical copy, like you could say maybe it was a problem with the development process that lended to that, or it could have just been um, the screen you're looking at as well. Maybe the screen wasn't big enough that you could pick that out. So she's saying yeah, yes. Yeah, it was just a digital oh. copy. Oh, it's just a digital. So, yeah, I, I would, I would say typically from from historical um, reviews, I would say that it could be a flare from a light source. Um, if there's no, um, I always encourage people not to jump to that. That's a ghost explanation. I say, okay, what else happened in that moment? Did the person feel a chill? Did they experience something? Was there um, a scent or something else, uh, some other form of energy that went along with that? And then you could say perhaps, because one thing happening by itself, I'd say isn't necessarily enough evidence to strongly convince someone that that's a spirit. It's interesting, 100%. It's interesting. I think there's a lot of these cases where they're interesting. They are, um, exactly. If you're just joining us, thank you for being here. Uh, you are listening to Spirit Switchboard. Uh, we have Grant Evans from the Ontario Paranormal uh, Society, and you are listening to us live on the United Public Radio Network and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 and 107.7 FM, New Orleans. Um, let's talk about ghost spots, cold spots. Cold spots, yes. 
Um, that's other. I love watching television shows where people say, "Oh, did you feel that?" Yeah. Oh, did you feel that? Because it happens oh, on everyone, every single one. It um, it feels like that. And but I have to tell you the truth. Like when I'm doing sessions for people, when I'm in sessions with people, um, uh, I will feel cold spots for sure but not not always cold spots it will feel like absolute cold fingers literal fingers that are grabbing my wrist it feels like cold individual fingers that are holding my wrist but that's a sign and symbol for me about them being able to do things in a space so I then they'll it's kind of like remote viewing. So they'll show me what the space looks like where they're connecting with that person. So I don't really know for sure. I can't say 100% for sure that they are actually holding my wrist and it's their cold fingers around my wrist that I'm feeling or if it that's just the sign and symbol that's developed for me over time to say that they're doing something in that space. That's interesting. Yeah. So also, um, I love that because I, a lot of spirit theory is energy, right? So there's lots of forms of energy. The thermal energy is a big one too, um, not just electrical. And you get those cold blasts. I believe that does happen. I've had that happen to myself. Um, and uh, we're able to capture that too. That's, that's the key, right? I believe yeah. that happens and it's true because... I run to a thermometer and say, okay, let's get a digital thermometer. Is it actually cold or am I thinking it's cold? Or I use a device called a FLIR, which is developed for firefighters to find hot spots and burning buildings after they think they've put it out. They can still see if there's a fire in between the walls. Um, we can see that thermal energy in a space to corroborate that. And spirits, you could say, would be cold because heat energy like the hotter it is the more energy something has right molecules are moving faster the hotter they are um so if you were theoretically to see a spirit you should see them as a cold or experience them as a cold if that makes sense it makes sense to me i hope i'm not confusing people but no but you would you would have to be mindful if you're doing an investigation where it's not like a uh, if you're in a kitchen with those um, steel fridge and stove and somebody's rubbed, but like put their hand on it and stepped away and then they're taking a picture, like that's going to leave an imprint of something, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and we do demonstrate that sometimes for people when we do tours, we'll hold our handle on the wall for like a few seconds and you take it off and yeah. you can still see your handprint. But that's always going to be hot. That's a human thing, right? So. Yeah. Uh, this is an example from a FLIR camera that uh, my team had. And this was, uh, we were at a home in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, um, upstairs in the house. And my investigator teammate was looking down, just playing with the camera, trying to make sure it was recording, not really paying attention. Because sometimes we do that as investigators. We're like uh, squirrels and we're a dog chasing a squirrel. Yeah. We're looking around. What's that? What's that? Yeah. What's that? So we were getting this camera going and, and she was looking down the staircase towards the main level at the front of the house. And this house was completely empty of furniture, um, carpets, anything. It was just us and our equipment. And she, you can see that red kind of spot in the bottom of the frame. Uh, that was just uh, from the heat closest to her. 
and you see that what looks like the shape of a person uh you could argue and that's that dark dark blue is very very cold um usually red yellow are the highest temperatures so we didn't have an explanation for this and it was the front of the house when no one was there there was no drafts um i believe it wasn't in the winter time so you wouldn't see a draft just sitting in one spot like there's no vent there yeah um, so it's isolated that, like, in one airflow. spot it's isolated and it almost looks to me like someone leaning up against yeah a it cabinet does. or something right yeah um so for me i as an investigator i can say that could be a spirit or one of my colleagues also he's a police officer he likes to say it's evidentiary because it's not pure evidence i can't say beyond a shadow of doubt that that's evidence this exists but it's leaning evidence towards that this could be a spirit because right. we don't have any other explanation for why there's the shape of a person that's cold there and and very uniquely in that space if the whole space was cold the whole space would be that color right right um so that's very fascinating for us and actually have a video of the same that's a still frame from the video that we have from the same device on the same case so if you can show you, you see that it's, it's warmer in the space She's just trying to make sure that it's actually recording and checking it out. And that's the railing from where she's looking over. Look down, you kind of see a few things. Like I believe light fixtures that were in the space. And then you yeah. just see this person that changes anomaly. in between the different settings. we're not talking about anything important in that moment we're just bantering because we're investigating but yeah it's fascinating right so yeah uh, i believe i i do believe that spirits can manifest as cold energies and they need sometimes they'll take warm or, or heat energy from a space to manifest or you might see a sudden change in temperature before someone manifests or you capture something um i have experienced this myself um in a space at a museum in Kitchener once again, uh, where I was with another investigator that was relatively new on our team. And we went upstairs to the main level of this, this heritage museum. And she said, oh my God, something's following us. And I said, okay, we'll just take a breath, calm down, see what it wants. Like it might be trying to manifest or, or show us something. And she jumped on my back and was like, oh no, like, don't, don't leave me, don't run away from me. And I'm laughing because of, experienced things like this before and um and it was from about waist down but only on the backs of our legs mm. that we just felt cold and you could actually put your hand on your leg so right away you would think okay well there's a draft in the house someone opened the door open the window or something there must be airflow for it to hit directionally at one part of your body but we then went to three different three or four different rooms in the house it went away and then it would come back again go in and come back again so it was, it was very fascinating like something just wanted us to know they're there with us so i i believe thermal energy is a big thing in the it supernatural is. that maybe doesn't get enough attention that it should especially on uh tv and the reason for that too is because it's easy for me to tell you there's a cold spot without proving it to you and it's interesting 
it's automatically yeah. interesting right oh it's cold here but so i've had the time to prove that it's not right then then it makes them look silly for for getting all excited about it right but i think that that would be being transparent and looking silly would be relatable because like, yeah, sure. we've all we've all like jumped at things and and at least it would be transparent and and relatable when i've done private seances in the house we've uh set up the uh like a temperature gauge and you can feel when things when it shifts and you we've asked spirits if they can move the temperature higher to like to a certain number and we'll say like it could be this room is cold like i'm in an older house there's no light fixtures in the ceilings like i don't even know if there's like insulation in this room it's cold like you have to have a <laughs> an extra heater in here so we've asked them to move it from 68 to 72 and and ask 72 specifically and they'll pull the temperature up oh, wow. where the temperature gauge is reading 72 so that's interesting well, it's if not if your house if your house is very old, it could be uh, like the plaster walls with like horsehair insulation. Mm -hmm. They're very cold. No matter what you do, they're always cold. Yeah. So if you're yeah. looking around that 1900, early 1900 age, you're going to have those very cold rooms, unfortunately. But yeah. Yeah, it's cold. And it is those plaster walls in here. So that's what our place is like. Um, oh, you. Nice. <laughs> Not really. Hanging everything, right? Trying to hang stuff doesn't work either. No. no. My previous um, house had that, and we got a crack in the wall. I'm like, oh, no, how do I fix this? It's plaster. I can't just drywall it. Right? You can't. So no. old homes are beautiful, but they're very fun to maintain. Mm -mm. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> You you sent a video that we're just going to, uh, Laura Lee is going to load up for us from the cemetery. So, you know, um, I think, it, yeah. It's this was a one. different, that's a picture from a different one. So I can talk about this one while it's up if, if you want. Yeah. This was uh, a client sent us a video from their home security system and uh what happened, you, you see a tree there and this white kind of mist around it. Um, not sure you can't zoom in too, too much, but you can kind of see that even, even though it's not super fine. Yeah, you see that there more around there. So the video was very, very fascinating because um, middle of the winter, it was, it was snowing. The roofs had ice on snow on them up in Canada with unfortunate blessing. Oh, don't play that one yet. Go back. Yeah, if we go back to that picture, thank you. Thank um, you, Lurley. So that video, yeah, it's two separate videos. I'm sorry, I should have clarified that before. Um, but this one, um, you see some, you see something uh, in the camera, and it's linear, um, almost looks like a piece of floss with like light anomalies along it. It was a spider web flash, the the infrared oh. light from the home security camera bouncing out, and a lot of people. Um, We'll also get that impression that a spider web is a spirit because it's orbs and it's moving and it's it's linear. It's moving back and forth in front of the camera. Um, this one was doing that. But then the fascinating thing with this video, too, is that um, you see something fly off the roof 
and it looks like it hits this tree and explodes into this big round white mist ball around it and you hear a very loud boom so the skeptic in me was like okay it's the ice coming off the roof maybe it's windy something flew off and it was very very quick that it looked like uh, what the person thought was a portal opening almost like a predator when the predator shifts from being invisible to right. visible again um, but you hear this very loud boom sound when it hits so is it ice hitting the tree and then exploding that's one suggestion um, oh there's another uh, phenomenon I believe it's called uh, cold booms where the environment there's there's like tectonic oh. plates under the earth where when they shift due to very cold temperature, it actually will cause the ice to crack like below the surface and it creates this loud boom noise. Um, so that was another explanation or maybe it was a spirit that just randomly manifest at this person's tree for no apparent reason. I don't know. Um, but the most obvious answer is more than likely the most correct answer, especially with investigating too. We can pull a hundred theories out but in all reality it's winter something flew exploded against a tree and made a ball the most yeah. obvious answer would be a piece of ice or snow that hit it so but it's a really cool video and it's it's something that we do get every now and then you get those crazy videos that all of a sudden you're going down the rabbit hole like okay what can cause a really loud boom in the middle but of the that's, winter and then you're, you're on that's fun. typing away and that's the fun of it yeah, it's, it can be very fun yeah and, and being uh, able to have all those different right? exactly what if what if what if what if so could we um can we look at that cemetery video next is that something that we could do next Lorelei? thank you yep this So some context to this video it was a, a client had sent us this video asking our opinion on what it was um, and this was he lived across from this property in his house and he was saying oh you got to get in here like my home security camera is capturing this on the property adjacent to me but this property that was adjacent to him was a cemetery with a church on it um, and the, an active church um, holding things every Sunday. And he's like, oh, man, there's so many stories here. I'm a caretaker here, this, this, this. You guys got to get in here. Um, as investigators, we can't go anywhere unless we have permission. Mm -hmm. You don't want to trespass and get a, a ticket from the police. That's not fun for anyone. Mm -hmm. um, well, this was a very fascinating video and he said the person that actually first noticed it the reason why it's filmed with a cell phone on a computer screen is because it's like a security camera for the actual location but his friend had posted it on TikTok for his friends to see because he thought it was scary um so it's interesting when you watch it it almost looks like someone's kind of pacing the grounds there um 
and it looks like a linear humanoid kind of shape moving side to side it disappears goes in and out of the frame you see those white kind of orbs bouncing around for a lot of people that love orbs those are all bugs flying bugs. around in the <laughs> yeah. summertime but those aren't orbs those are bugs but that linear movement is is fascinating right uh, the skeptic side to me would say most things that are linear bouncing around on a security camera very likely could be a spider web or, or a bug web that's picking up that infrared light and it's wind the wind is moving that reflection side to side and it's kind of phasing in and out as that light reflects off it or it very well could be a spirit right i i because it's a owned property by a church a lot of churches don't want us investigating in the supernatural at a church because they don't want people playing with that on their property typically mm -hmm. um so um and the, the whole cemetery thing right like it's it's very plausible that that could be a spirit and it's very fascinating piece of evidence i would say that um you could take it either way right you, you could you come up for those explanations and, and based on your own education and, and what you think it could be, or you're very much, you could be right both ways, in my opinion, on that one. Very fascinating. And I'd love to have investigated that more. Um, but obviously permission is a big thing. We can't just break in, unfortunately. No. Passing's a big thing in Canada. And so. there's, there's a lot of places that don't want uh, I mean, I understand church is not wanting to be investigated, but there's places that don't want that history or reputation of being haunted and having that kind of um, uh, attraction that comes along with it, right? They just want to keep um, keep on, on the down low if they have things going on. Not everybody wants that reputation. Yeah, I've heard uh, there's a lot of, historical buildings or museums that have that reputation for being haunted and, and the owners absolutely deny or don't allow it to even be suggested or brought up. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've heard uh, if you're Ontario, Canada, there's a great historical place called Dundurn Castle uh, where I was told that the guides, when they do the historical guide walkthroughs, were told at one point that they were not to talk about it at all not to bring mm. it up. Some people are so superstitious. They think if you talk about it, you're bringing bad luck too, right? Like don't talk uh, about breaking your leg. Cause you might break your leg. I guess. <laughs> like, I that, don't know. Old school did you get to walk? Right? Like you talk about. Did you get to walk through Kingston Pen? I have not walked through there, unfortunately. Mm. So they have a script that they have to follow. So it is given to them. They're not allowed to deviate from their script. And yeah. So when I went, I was like, if I ask you a question, can you maybe nod your head up and down or shake it back and forth for a yes and no for me? <laughs> because it was kind of a kind of an interesting experience. But then they had like retired um uh uh guards they had retired guards that were at different places so if you stopped oh, wow. and kind of asked them questions they would give you the download on and then pulling up their phones and showing you photos of things that they had captured on their phones as well too but the the wow. 
the guides were not allowed to talk about any of that. Like, you know, we walked by one section and I looked in and I had to look away really quickly because all I saw were rats. I saw rats coming out of the toilet. There was rats coming everywhere. And I, <laughs> and it shocked me. And I said, oh my gosh, blurted out when I probably shouldn't. So I knew from that moment on to keep it <laughs> to myself. <laughs> but I'm like, is there any reason why I'm seeing rats in there? And she went, hmm. And she nodded her head and then she just kept going with her script and didn't go any further. But there was like a lot. It was a lot. I found the wardens, the museum across the street was more intense actually than Kingston Pen for me because they had like wow. shanks, like all of uh, contraband and things that they had uh, in the cells that they could use for interrogation. Uh like from a long usually, time ago. That... Isn't it like a lot of those prisons, the house or the museum beside it is actually the warden's house where they live. So yeah. So it's the warden's house across the street that few, I, yeah. Yeah. A few places like that through the UK as well, like England and that, where that was the case, I believe. Um, Richard Estep or Estep has yeah. a bunch of books about investigations he's done and he's done prison ones and, I'm pretty sure he said like the warden's house is worse than the jail sometimes. Yeah, so. that's exactly how that's, I that's experienced it. Yeah, that's exactly how I experienced it. Um, okay, like, can we talk about EVPs next? <laughs> sure. Okay. Because I find them fascinating. I like when you don't even know that you've caught something. And you're listening back and then, then it's like, holy cow, there's something over top of you. Like, um, so for those that don't know, can you explain what EVPs are? So EVP is like electronic voice phenomenon. Instead of saying big words all the time, we just say EVP. Um, so I love EVPs. I would say I, I did a presentation for a university, a local university last year, I believe it was. And I had all statistics from all of our cases in the last couple of years. And at least 90% of our evidence is audio EVPs. So mm -hmm. when people are looking at all these things or investigating, EVPs are the bar. Like that's where you're going to catch the most stuff. That's where you're going yeah. to get all that stuff. Um, and when you do get substantial stuff, it's it can be quite unnerving too. Um, I had a case up in... in like Northern Ontario. I've been working with them for about two years now. Uh, so let me interrupt just for a second. What's Northern Ontario for you? Because Southern Ontario people think Barry's North and it's not. <laughs> like I know that it kind of is, no, but that's not Northern like, Ontario. So let's let's say what um, Northern Ontario is. I was, Northern Ontario would be above Barry for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm from Sault Ste. Marie. I want to... So yeah, that's that's definitely north. Yeah. Um, I consider anything like, is it, is it Hudson Bay along that that corridor up there, like Owen above Owen Sound. Owen I would Sound. say for me is Northern Ontario. Okay. Um, if we get if I'm driving like four hours to get to you, I'd say that's Northern Ontario for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to Thunder Bay because that's a lot. That's like a day's drive, but that's where Laura Lee lives. Um, so yeah. That's awesome. So we uh, were at this house and 
we spent hours and hours at this house and this the story was very compelling that the clients gave us everything was like we're walking into like a hot zone we need to be on our a game like this could be scary we went up and we spent hours in audio video recording a few of our sensors went off but we came out thinking like just gasped we're like that was such a letdown like we got nothing like that's so disappointing and then we went back that week a few days after a bunch of our teammates were like oh we feel tired we feel crank like cranky and grumpy like i don't know if we're just like you get that paranormal hangover that people talk about where you're yeah. up to like god godly hours and then you're just exhausted for a couple of days yeah um but we went and reviewed our review team went over all the audio and we were blown away by how much evidence we captured like we had laughing that wasn't there we had people walking up and down the staircases in the house we had a mimic one of the only times i've ever actually audio captured a mimic it mm. blew the blew my shoes right off i heard that and i was like you gotta be kidding me and that's... we thought this was such a goose egg and um, that's the thing so that's audio, what i like it audio 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 yeah audio for sure and when and you don't even audio. know it's there when you don't even know it's happening um so we have a clip. Yes. Thank you, Lorley. So we have this clip. My daughter uh, and I were doing a live uh, seance for uh, like an intuitive mentoring group that I, I run on social media. And so uh, my daughter uh, hung out with me. We're doing this uh, seance and we were using the spirit board and we had uh, some stuff happening, but we didn't hear anything at the time. Um, I didn't hear it with my outside ear. We didn't know anything had happened until the people who were watching the live messaged us and I saw their messages after and went back to review it. So we'll just play it and see if you can hear. Yeah, you can hear it right at the end. So one of the things that we find with audio too is you have to have good playback to to hear a lot of the stuff. Yeah. So right at the end, you can hear that breathy high. And I mean, you don't even need the headphones to hear it. Yeah, this right is there, crazy. Yeah. yeah. And we always say when we, we capture a lot of spirit EVPs, it's always like a whispery, like breathy communication. Yeah. It's not, it's typically not a, hi, how are you today? It's like a, hi, yeah. how are you? Yeah, it's and breathy. And you miss that in the overlay. It's always breathy. Yeah. Um, and but when we did capture that mimic, it was as loud as someone in that space. It really like put us back. We're like, holy smokes! Like, are you sure no one said anything? I like, you got to be kidding me! Like, it was one of those oh my god moments where you capture yeah. something so incredible. Yeah. I caught. But typically, that's the type of evidence we hear. 
Yeah. And I love that. That gets you even more excited to do that and to stay open-minded. Like people have this expectation that it's going to be in that moment and you, you just, you don't know what you've caught or what's happened until after the fact and, and having to um, stay open to it for sure. I did an investigation. It was just, it was pretty informal of a, a, like a recording studio, a sound studio that somebody had made uh, for themselves. And so it's all carpeting. It's that eggshell kind of, or egg crate looking foam stuff all on the walls. And when you play the recording back, I sat, I was sitting in a chair. I was in the room by myself. I put the recorder on a stool. So it's, I'm not touching it. I'm not holding it. Nothing's brushing up against it. And you can hear footsteps and whistling walking towards me. (laughs) In a soundproof room. In a soundproof room. You can hear somebody walking like on a hardwood floor with heels on. And uh, yeah, that's, it was fun. It was super fun. That was in Branford. That's that actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, that. we, that's probably, I might have been in the same building as you when we've had some pretty interesting things. Was it downtown? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. downtown it was Branford above an house? auto body shop. Oh, okay. Yeah. Different building then. But yeah, Brantford's an awesome city for paranormal stuff. But yeah. Um, a great a great way to do that in the moment is is some a technique called live listening. If anyone's not a, or a knowledgeable or knows about live listening, it's the same thing as using just your normal EVP like audio recorder, but you put headphones into it, so you're actually hearing the audio with a bit of a delay. So it, it plays with your head a little bit initially. You gotta get used to it, but you put a headphone jack into your audio recorder. And you're hearing everything that's coming into the microphone or that recorder live, and it's amplified crazy loud. So there's been a couple cases. Uh, uh, my team, a bunch of our teammates, investigators went and did a breakfast television, uh, city TV, if uh, morning show, little guest thing with the host there, and uh, the our teammate that was live listening actually heard some EVPs in the moment. Um, while she was there in the studio doing the segment with them, which was super cool. Like, and she picked up on it right away. She's like, I think I heard this. And then we reviewed it to confirm, but she heard it in the moment. So that's, that's one great way yeah, um, to try and get that feedback sooner or you do burst EVP sessions. So you'll do like a three to five minute quick audio Q and a, and then play it back to you. But you're limited to the audio of the device too. Like those devices are great for recording, not for playback. So you always have to be mindful of that too. Yeah. And I I think too, making sure that you um set the ground rules. If you're if you're doing an investigation with people that maybe haven't investigated before, like everybody needs to be quiet. No like a coat that's crinkly and you're outside and it's cold like making sure what those parameters are that you've you've taken care of that so if nobody's chewing gum or their belly's grumbling because they didn't eat their snack at snack time like it's it's making yeah, sure all that or, stuff is covered too right yeah that's that's your snacks right you bring your snacks so you don't get I know. I, investigation then, snacks uh, are yeah, important I've been, <laughs> I've been told i can't have mexican before an investigation by my teammates so <laughs> Because does your belly rumble pretty loud? 
Yes, Howie, exactly. Yeah, and, and just just like, yeah, Howie, you're bang on. Everything you do, you, you say like, oh, I just I just tripped. I just banged into something or no whispering. You're talking loud because those EVPs are whispering voices usually mm -hmm. um, and, and call it out like, like, oh, I just heard my colleague in the basement talking because I recognize the voice. And then if you go back and say, hey, I wasn't talking and you can compare notes, then OK, well, maybe it wasn't. Especially um, if you're not going to be the one it, doing great. the review. Because the person who's listening, if you're yeah. not doing your own review and somebody's doing the review, they won't know. For if sure. They... That's great. Your car is driving by. Oh, car drove by. Yeah. Like, oh, I just closed the door. Like you're walking into a space. Grant's coming into this room. You announce you're coming in that way. If someone's listening, they start hearing footsteps. They're like, oh, no, what's that? Right? It's, it's great to always be obvious, like Howie says, like, great call. Howie, are you an investigator? Yes. he uh, Howie actually um, has a, a podcast uh, and runs the Rift Nation. Uh, so you may be awesome. getting a request to do another show, <laughs> which would be awesome. It would be great well, to connect thanks, Howie. with Howie for sure. Um, okay, I had this list of things that I wanted to talk about paranormal, explainable, or what the heck. So doors shutting, doors slamming shut. Um, let's talk about doors. I don't really have that. Well, I mean, I have that happen in this house. Um, but it's explainable why that's happening in this house mm -hmm. when the when the door slam but definitely um you know people talk about door slamming as part of the the paranormal experiences that they're having and they want you to investigate can you talk about that so door door slamming i believe i'm not a contractor yeah but i believe most frames door door frames when they're put in they're actually angled to force it to close so if you like in my house, as an example, if I have the window open in my bathroom and, and the door is open, it will close itself with a draft. So, um, Paralogian. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, Howie. Uh, yeah, doors, I find doors uh, with newer building codes, they're, they're meant to close. They're framed that way to force them to close. Um, so if it's open a significant amount, then then you have to consider a lot of things like the age of the home. Is it floorboards shifting with the seasons, hot, cold? Um, mm -hmm. You get a lot of like homes with hardwood floors, um, and there all oh, there's creaking, more creaking, or I hear footsteps at night because that's the heat and the wood expanding, causing that change and that creaking noise. Uh, we did a house not too long ago in Brantford. Um, the person was pretty much built a whole new house on the back of the house and he was hearing footsteps it's well you can still see all the frames all the framework and the the floor joists exposed and and it's, it's that hot and cold through the space that's causing that footsteps or the creaking so doors yeah. closing on themselves so a lot of that um one of those things like i said even with paranormal evidence on a whole i like to have like a rule of more i like to i would say it's the rule of more if i'm going to term anything if you get one piece of evidence, it's interesting, but you need more. Yeah. And you need at least two things happening in conjunction for me to say, oh, that's interesting, or maybe that's paranormal. Like, 
So that door closes and then maybe you hear a breathy EVP while it's closing. Yeah. Or you want to hear get maybe, out. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> and the door <laughs> closing. <laughs> yeah. We have so um, we have so a I, vacuum that those, happens. Yeah. We have like this vacuum yeah. that happens between uh the the back door and the front door that are directly in line with each other so you know one door may pop open and the other is slamming shut like we have this vacuum that happens so i mean that's also something that you can use um when you're when you're checking things out yeah like there's like uh home efficiency things now yeah at least in ontario where the power company will uh, give you rebates or the government will give you rebates on how efficient and how airtight your house is. So you're pretty much creating a vacuum within your house. So yeah. that's a great way to put it. Like you're getting doors closing because there is that airtight space to prevent heat loss and to reduce your, your bills and your monthly cost of heating. Um, can be very and you, you need those extra, extra things. Sandy is just sharing with us when I was a kid, if we spoke about my dead grandmother, the cardboard stopper in the glass milk bottle would pop out and fly across the room. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Some people say it's terrifying, but. Um, I think it just depends. Yeah, like, was, was, was your grandma angsty? Are you talking nice? Are you not talking nice? Do you make sure that you only talk nice when, when that happens? For my daughter coming to this house, uh, she doesn't live here anymore. She's, uh, you know, spread her wings and flown the, the coop after, you know, many years of university. So when she would come home from university, she had lights like uh, fairy lights set up in her bedroom with uh, no batteries in the case and the lights would still turn on. So she would come to the door of her bedroom and she would announce those lights would turn on when she was coming home. It was like that excitement. Um, she would stand in her doorway of her bedroom and she'd go, I'm home for the weekend. You are not allowed to touch me. You are not allowed to use my energy. <laughs> you cannot wake me up in the middle of the night. And she'd set the boundaries for what her visit was going to be like when she was at home. And, and those lights would just flicker when she was on her way back out the door. When she said goodbye, they would flicker and she would go back to school. But none of that stuff has wow. happened since she's, yeah, right. It's, um, you, you could almost argue that's the, the, the psychokinesis too, I right? think so. She's announcing she's coming home. The exactly. Because that's her space. Yeah. And then her saying goodbye. Do that perhaps. Yeah. Agreed. She's Sandy's just sharing, talking about her in general and reminiscing. I'm, I'm Dude, if was, this, was, with her grandmother. So if that no, was her. grandmother a prankster? Or? Just if grandma was that... a prankster like to, to scare you then maybe that's like you're talking about me like yeah i'm still listening right yeah popping that off maybe she liked milk a lot i don't know and and that was something familiar for her and she's just saying hey i'm i'm here i'm still listening. in the space i've always tried to set the table on holidays with an extra place setting for family that's in spirit so it was it was like a oh, wow. uh, a visual thing to include them and, and remind everybody that's here that we're honoring and celebrating those people that, that are no longer here. Um, 
with us, but here in spirit. So, you know, the odd time we've caught some things, but again, is it, is it, uh, that psychokinesis that we're creating that energy because we're putting that out there or is it, is it really them? But it feels good to me to have that, um, visual there and, and to include them in those. Well, that's great. Right. Like you, you think that tradition goes across a lot of, um, yeah. cultures, like the, the day, the day of the dead, like Latino, yeah. like they go to the cemeteries and have parties because they believe their deceased ones come back to visit them. Like, but would that happen if they didn't encourage that? Um, who's to say, right? I love that idea of, of remembrance though. Marla is just sharing my Maggie cat jumps off the bed. It's loud. No explanation. I know it's her. Did we miss part of a comment somewhere, Marla? Or are you connected with Sandy? Like, are we talking about? Or are you talking about the cat jumping off the bed so you know that it's your cat? It's the cat in spirit? I, I want to make sure that I have the whole house. story. Yeah. But animals can pick up. Uh, frequencies so far outside of our house too that sometimes the things that they're picking up aren't necessarily from picking up in the space like when they're reacting to something that's that's a good point too my cats always freak out when a, a stray tomcat comes around the front porch of my house and they can sense it from upstairs way away from the front of the house like they can good. hear that weird growling noise from the cat and they automatically go to it so yeah and my dogs too the dogs can pick up when other dogs are approaching well before i can even see something coming in the window so they're already responding to something um the cat in spirit so i you know um have had experiences where it feels like there's uh something sitting on the bed where you can feel that that depression of the mattress actually going down at at the foot of the bed where I have felt that. So I know that that's, um, that's possible. You're saying that you can hear that loud explanation and knowing that it's her. But I still am like, if this is you, I need you to do it again. And then I'm setting up equipment at yeah. the same time. And I still like, you know, <laughs> just still want that one or two other pieces of information that's validating what I'm having as a personal experience. Yeah, for sure. Just reading a comment Joyce put up. Do you want me to? I can put it up for everyone. There we go. Put it up so people. Yeah, do you want to read it out loud? In the silence. Uh, there's a house in Scotland outside of Brantford that the family living there reported a rocking chair would rock by itself. Seen it. Um, Cover doors would open and close. Then they took a family photo with a Polaroid camera. There's a man standing beside the family. I saw the picture myself. I was going to write a story about it in high school, but when I tried to get a copy of the photo, he wasn't there. Several people tried as well. He never shows up in the copies. Uh, sometimes I believe that spirits only show up to the people that they're meant to see it. I agree. They they don't they don't want their story perhaps shared. They just we're there yeah. in that moment of I've had experiences, personal experiences where I'm like, why did this like it was meant for you to experience as terrifying as they might be sometimes that uh, there's so many chances this could have happened around other people. And it didn't, it only happened for me. Well, why, 
right? And and I like to believe there's a reason for that, or there's an explanation for that. Um, mm-hmm. And my reoccurring thing is is usually what I think is a warning or a or a hey, you need you're getting too far, you're getting beyond where you should be. You need to take a step back and reevaluate. That's usually when I have my big paranormal moments. I think um, respecting, and it's going back to the same places, like when you're going back to the same places to investigate, we had talked about that as well too, like they they get to know you. And I think um, there's a comfort level. And I also think that they'll share more when you're showing that respect to them. It's, you know, if, if they are intelligent and you're having an intelligent experience back and forth, it's respect both ways. We're respecting them. If they're saying that they're done, not everybody wants to have a talk all night long and be poked and prodded at and, and do that monkey dance. So when we're respecting them, they respect us and give us stuff back. So I just, I don't know, respect plays a big part in all of this too. hundred percent. Totally agree with you. So I know that we're, we're coming to the end of our time. Thank you so much. It's always it's a, always such a, a fun time having you on, and I look forward to it again. We'll do this again. Um, nice. Thank you to everybody that uh, participated in the conversation with us today, everybody that, that came in and hung out with us and shared their personal stories. Thank you very much for doing that. Um, if you are tuning in with us next week, I, I, I encourage you to join in next week. Like next week I have Rebecca F. Pittman coming on and we're going to be talking about, uh, the history and haunting of Lizzie Borden. She has her book out, uh, talking about Lizzie Borden and it's fascinating. If you like paranormal, true crime and mysteries, there's new evidence, uh, there's photos, there's revelations in there that are, are new that she was able to share in this book. So it's, it's fascinating. Uh, so you have been listening to us um, on the United Public Radio Network and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network 105.3 and 107.7. Thanks for being here, everybody. Thank you. You've been listening to Spirit Switchboard with host Carrie Lynn Shelhorn on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 New Orleans. Thank you, Laura Lee. I don't know if you can still hear us. <laughs> Thank you, Laura Lee. Yeah, that was great. Thank you so much. That was fun. And no I learned a lot too. There was things that I um, didn't know, you know. Um, I was thinking um, I had wanted to reach out to you before I did that event on the 13th because there was things I wanted to understand. Yes. Just for a second. It did it end. I'm still seeing live up in the left hand mm. corner. Are you seeing live? Yeah. yeah. It didn't end. I don't know why it didn't. Give me one okay. second before you we talk. Got, 